How great, how great, how great is your love for us. Can we see that again one more time? Sing it again. How great.
Jesus, you change everything in lives. He holds out enough. Jesus, you change everything. here today to meet with you because Lord you're the transformer you totally transform our lives around you change everything Lord you make bad things good you make good things better you make better things best Lord you are the greatest thank you Lord great and mighty is the Lord our God Father we cry out to you today on behalf of our families Lord God, you know, Lord God, our loved ones, what they're going through. We pray for our husband, our wife, our boyfriend, or girlfriend. We pray for our sons and our daughters. We pray for our relatives. We pray, Father God, for a touch of your Holy Spirit upon their life. That, Lord God, you would radically, radically visit them. That they would know that they have been in the presence of Almighty God. Father God, we pray for our city. Fall upon our city, Lord. The violence continues. God, we're believing that, Lord, you're going to bring an end to this crazy chaos in Albuquerque and Bernalillo County and the surrounding cities. Father God, we pray that, Lord, you would 
close up the path of the drugs that come through our city. Father God, the fentanyl issue is totally out of control. People dying every day. Father, we pray, Lord, recovery for those that are addicted, and we pray, Father God, for those peddling these drugs that, Lord, they would get out of this business, and, Lord, Albuquerque would be known as a city of peace and love, not of destruction and pain. Father God, we pray, Lord God, for a great move of your spirit here tonight. Right now, Lord God, move supernaturally. Father, thank you for the things you've been doing. For everyone online, I pray peace and blessing over them. Lord, minister to them and minister to their families, minister to their loved ones. Father, you know how much they've poured out, and I just pray that, Lord, you pour in today. Father, we thank you. We love you. We pray for the sick, that you heal them. We pray for those that are going through just tumultuous times, that, Lord, you just calm the storm in Jesus' name. And Lord, fill this place with your glory. Give us your glory. Take us from glory to glory. Thank you for what you've done, but Lord, thank you for what you're about to do. And we pray this in the supernatural name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen. Would you give him praise? Give him praise, give him praise, give him praise. And then turn to your neighbor and say, man, I'm glad you made it today. You look so handsome. You look so lovely. Well, good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? Doing pretty good, man. It's awesome to see you guys. My name is David Sanchez. My name is Lena Mazzariani. And we've got a couple of announcements for you guys before we get started with anything else. Yes. So first things first, we're having our 40-year celebration for Pastor Richard and Pastor Cindy. Can we just give them a big round? <laughs> 40 years. I, I can't. That's like almost twice as long as I've been. I know. For earth. real, man. These dudes are out so here awesome. killing it. And so we are going to be having a dinner for them on Friday, October 21st. It's going to be at 6 p.m. We have tickets that are available out in the mall. They're going to be $50 each, but that is going to include our food, our entertainment, and, you know, $50 celebrate our pastors. That is mm -hmm. just incredible. 40 years. I cannot get over that. I know. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. It's going to be a great event. If you want more information on that, we've got a table set up in the mall. Yes. And uh, also we've got, uh, you know, we've got plenty of info on NBCABQ.com on our website. Mm -hmm. And also one thing that uh, Brother Dave Gonzalez had mentioned to me just this morning actually was one of the things that we want to do is start gathering some photos that we could eventually put on display for that mm. event. And so if you guys are interested in helping out with that, I want to encourage you to start going through your photo albums as soon as you can. Uh, we'll get you an email link that you can send that to uh, within the next couple of days, I believe. So we're very excited about that. that and awesome. what else is happening, Lena? So we are also getting ready to start up our new semester for our Christian education classes. I don't know if you guys are going to take any, but I think yeah. I'm, I'm going to look into it. Yeah, I think I want to take one. Stuff in there, man. And uh, <laughs> so those registration is going to start next Sunday, September 25th. So they're going to be out in the mall. You cannot miss it. It's going to be under an outdoor canopy that's going to be indoors, and then there's going to be tables underneath that. 
And uh, I just encourage you guys, check it out. You, you never know what kind of classes that might be there or you might be interested in taking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And from my experience, when I, when I took some of those classes, just the people I know who take these classes, you become family with your classmates, mm-hmm. man. You, you really grow to love them. And I know one, part of, one big part for me in continuing my journey and following Christ is finding those people, finding that family yeah. in Christ. You're looking at some of my family in Christ right here, man. I mean, it's just fantastic. And so uh, if, if you're looking to, to get around some more good Christian people or if you want to grow your faith uh, in a deeper way, you can kill two birds with one stone with these uh, Christian education classes. And so we are so excited. When are signups again, Lena? They're going to be starting next Sunday, September 25th. Absolutely. September 25th. We're so excited for that. And speaking of fellowship opportunities and, and opportunities to connect more, uh, it, it's, it's summer's coming to an end. So what, what season is it? What season is it, Lena? Um, Christmas season? Christmas season. Mm, not quite yet. I don't think Thanksgiving? so. Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving, I'm already eating like it, but we're not there yet, no. Oh, Halloween! <laughs> Halloween! That's what it is. We're getting near that spooky season for y'all. Yeah. And so we're doing our trunk or treat on October 29th at 6 p.m. We are so excited. Was anyone there last year? It, it absolutely. Was insane. It was great, Oh, my man. goodness. There were so many cars there. How many? There were like 30? I felt the, like yeah, that were... entire parking lot was just filled. And when you saw those kids' goodie bags, you know half of those were going to... Uh, what is it when you go and you weigh the candy and then you sell it? Oh, yeah, like reselling candy? Yeah. yeah, you resell the candy. They resell candy. Oh, My yeah. My parents used to make me do that when I was really? a kid, and I got what a lot of candy. Heck? They make me sell it. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's so funny. All right, I don't, I don't know where that one came from. But, so, Trunk or Tree, October 29th. It's going to be a great event. Church, I want to encourage you, register, one of, register your car. You just, all you got to do is you just got to vacuum it. Just make it look clean. Honestly, it's, it's going to look cleaner than mine no matter what you do. So you'll be fine. Just throw some candy in there. You'll be good, man. Uh, we're so excited for this event. Tons of people come from all over the community. And beyond it being such a just great opportunity for us to fellowship, every time God's people get together, it turns into an evangelistic yes, opportunity. So invite your friends, invite your family, invite, invite the kids that you know that you have in your life. It's going to yes. be an excellent event. Yes, it will be. And also, church, I don't know if you guys sometimes drive around and you see those sagebrush or those copper point uh, car decal stickers. <laughs> well, we have some too now, which is very yeah. awesome. Yes. So drive responsibly. <laughs> yes, drive responsibly. But we are going to have those for sale in the Newbie Kids Church for $2. So if you would like to support and even... Um, not advertise, advertise. Well, represent, represent. our church. That's yeah. the right word. Absolutely. I was like, advertise, isn't it? Yes, oh, yeah. if you would like to represent our church on your car, those are going to be available starting today. So Absolutely. We're, awesome. so, we're so excited about that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's so great. I'd love to be able to represent our church wherever yes. we go, man. And you know yeah. what? Uh, I know we've had a lot of announcements, but we just got uh, two last ones super quick. Next Sunday is going to be a great Sunday. Do you guys want to know why? People are getting baptized next Sunday, man. We're so excited. If you are interested in baptism, if you, if you want to, if you've never had the experience of getting baptized, it's a beautiful uh, experience that kind of symbolizes, for me at least, the gospel, man, and how Jesus died and was resurrected. So we have died and we've been resurrected in our new selves. It's not, Christ who, it's not us who lives, but it's Christ who lives within us. And so if you want to be a part of that, uh, the registration link is on our website, NBCABQ.com. You can also call our front office. Um, and uh, you can also register through there. But just if, for those of you who haven't, uh, who, who, who I guess I already have gotten baptized, I guess, uh, stick around on, 
on Sunday. And just let's encourage our, our brothers and sisters who are making this awesome decision. And right after that uh, on Sunday, too, we're also doing Meet the Pastors, which is a great opportunity for you to meet the pastors. If you haven't already, you get to hang out with myself, with Pastor Richard, Pastor Mike, Pastor Cindy, Jessica. And just it's, it's a fantastic opportunity to really get your finger on the pulse of this church. Uh, but, of course, none of this would be possible without... Your faithful offerings and givings. If you'd like to tithe today, we do have all of the information available on the screen behind us. You can do it online, through our app, or even at the tithing boxes at each exit. But again, church, we just want to thank you for just being so faithful. Like we always say up here, we wouldn't be able to keep the lights on in here or outside of this church as well. So we just want to thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, church. Would you do me a, a favor and help me welcome Pastor Richard to the stage this morning? You could tell college students because they sell the candy they get. <laughs> I love these guys. We don't celebrate Halloween. We uh, use it as a tool to minister. Um, the Apostle Paul, if you remember, he went into the city and there were all statues of all the gods they knew of. And because they didn't want to miss one, they had a statue to the unknown god. And so Paul took advantage of the moment. He didn't honor that statue. What he said is, let me tell you about the unknown God. So see, kids are out and parents are looking for a safe place to take their children to get some candy. So what we do is use that moment and tell them about the unknown God. And we decorate the cars and we, so when they call it trunk, the, Cars park nose in with the trunk open, and we decorate these, the trunks of these cars really cute. It's really neat. And then we just give candy out. We have all kinds of games, and we have rock wall climbing, and we have popcorn and cotton candy and all these nutritious things to eat. <laughs> so it's really, really an awesome opportunity. So we really hope that you will... Take advantage of that moment. Guys, um, I've been notified that we're having some technical difficulties. So those of you watching online, I hate to tell you we're going to have to say goodbye. And uh, we hope maybe you'll just come to next service at 11 o'clock and join us here because we're having some online technical difficulties. So we're going to shut off the online streaming at this point. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us. Guys, I'm starting a sermon series that um, I'm calling it Changing the Way You Think. We really have very destructive thinking, and our thinking guides our life, and our thinking takes us places a lot of times we don't need to be. And sometimes it pulls us out of places that we were, and we reshifted our thinking. So what I want to talk about today is how to make positive changes in your life. We can, really can, control our thoughts. And our thoughts have the power to shape the kind of life that we're going to live. So we have to understand that that's why it's so important to think about what you think about, to really keep that in focus and to make sure you don't go places you're not supposed to be. 
and we can communicate with God. It's really amazing that our mind is different than any other species on this planet. As humans, we could communicate. We could think of the past, the present. We could think of the future. We could, we could analyze things in, in, in ways that are very complex. And some people say that we only use 10% of the brain. As they do more and more study on the brain, that's really not true. We use a whole lot more. And then there's some people that don't use any at all. You know what I mean? It's like, well, that didn't work out, you know. But we really have the ability to know God and to love God and to talk with God and to share with God and to, to communicate with God all because of our brain. And what's really awesome is that the Bible says God thinks of us and we're a thought in his mind and he thinks of us often actually all the time. In Psalm 139, verse 17 and 18, it says, how precious you are. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand, and when I wake up, you are still with me. Father, thank you. Thank you that, you, Lord, you are with us, you think of us, you have us in your heart at all times. I pray that we could understand that and then apply it in Christ's name, amen. I, I'm gonna be sharing a whole lot of material in a very short time. I'm gonna download a whole bunch of stuff and I'm gonna kinda lay out this series as, as I talk about nine real strong principles that we need in our life to really make positive changes in our life. And the first one is our thoughts control our life, but we can control our thoughts. It's important that we understand that though our thoughts control our lives, we could control our thoughts so we can direct where we're going to go. We can direct our thinking. We can redirect and reshift our thinking because sometimes we get trapped and something triggers us and we start thinking really negative and destructive, but we have the power, especially through the Holy Spirit of the living God, to reshift and refocus our thinking and to think completely different because we can control our thoughts. And it's important that we do. In the book of Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says, so for, uh, for as a man thinketh, so is he. We have to understand that how you process your thoughts, how you think is really important because what you hold on to and what you see and how you see yourself is how you're going to end up living out. Your actions are going to be literally the manifestation of your thoughts because our thoughts happen in our mind, then it creates feelings, and our feelings create action, and we have to be able to guard that and protect that, because our thinking could take us in really destructive places at times that are hurtful to us, and not only us, but people around us. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 23, it says, guard your heart, that means your mind, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. That is so true. We have to understand that, that you've got to be careful of what you think because your thoughts are going to guide your life. Your thoughts run your life, and your life is shaped by your thoughts. And that's why it's so important that you keep them in check because your thoughts might, though they might run your life, but you can control these thoughts and what you feed yourself because there's 
always information being poured into your thought life. It's either by you obtaining it or you just viewing it. Look, the media today can really be destructive. Let's just take the news. You watch the news. I watch the news to get information, but I try not to let it affect how I think. Because you go watch the news and end up thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't leave the house. It's dangerous. It's horrible. And the news can start shaping your mind in such a manner that you start getting all paranoid and you start having worry and paranoia. And before you know it, you don't leave the house. And before you know it, oh my gosh, monkeypox, monkeypox. It's like, oh my gosh. It, 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 it gets to you. And it, now we have to be careful With this pandemic, people started washing their hands. I'll be very honest with you. I've been washing my hands since I was a little boy. They would say, andale, wash your hands, lavate las manos. You'd wash. You'd have to wash before you, when you got up in the morning. You you wash your hands when you're going to sit down to eat. You wash your hands after you ate. I don't know about you. I've, I've washed my hands. But we live careful, but we don't live in paranoia. Media could really affect that. You could be watching a movie and hate what you're watching. It's real easy to do this. Change the channel. Some people are, are, are allowing media to speak into their life in a very destructive way. Or literature. Reading the paper, reading magazines, reading whatever you might read that really affects the way you think. People could put thoughts in your life. You could have got up today and you're all hyped and, oh man, what a beautiful day. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get to see my friends. And you come to church and you even had a spring in your step and you're all excited and you come to church and as soon as you walk in, you, one of your friends sees you and they go, are you okay? You look pale. Really? You know, I, maybe I'm not okay. I don't, I don't feel good anymore. It's like, oh my gosh, they affected your thinking just by the way they saw you. Some might have told you, oh my gosh, you look amazing today. Dude, there's a spring in your step. Oh my goodness, that's a beautiful outfit. That's such a pretty dress. And you're like, really? You think so? Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. It builds you up. How people pour into you can really affect you, and you've got to understand that. So realize that you could control your thoughts. Second thing you have to understand is that any change we want in our life has to start in our mind. It's got to start in your mind. Change begins in your mind. It became not in your behavior. You could say, I don't want to do this anymore. But until you totally purpose it in your mind, you're just going to find yourself doing it again and again. And you go, why do I do this? What's wrong with me? Golly, what's wrong with me? Paul addresses this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where he says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. He says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. But he's got to change the way you think because sometimes we're thinking so destructively, it really messes us up. Look, You've heard me say this a number of times. We have stinking thinking, but we really do. 
We really have destructive, stinking thinking. And this friend of mine told me, man, pastor, you're right, man. We're tore up from the floor up. And I said, so we need to get a checkup from the neck up. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. They're like, oh, brother, do we have to hear this? But it's true, though. Because of our thinking, we are tore up from the floor. We're all messed up. And you know what? We have to get a checkup from here up. We've got to get it and let it happen here first. We've got to let God come into our thought pattern and shift it and change it and transform it because we have such destructive thinking because we believe a bunch of lies and we believe things that aren't even true. And we listen to these voices and they affect us. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 8, Jesus said, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, whose thinking is pure, for they will see God. You see, when you get your inside world right, your inside thinking, your mind, your heart, when you get that lined up with God, then you're going to see God on the outside. You're going to see God in the outside world because you're going to see him every place you go. God is all over the place. His handprint, his thumbprint is every place. But sometimes because we're so consumed with our negativity and we're so consumed in our destructive thoughts, we don't see him and we say, where's God? Where was God? Why isn't God here? Why? And we start getting all upset at God when the whole time he's right there. But because of our destructive thinking, we can't see him or even experience him. So we've got to make sure that we understand that any change that we want has to start with our thinking, our mind. And bring me to the next thing. We can change how we feel by changing how we think. We can change how we feel by changing how we think. You've got to understand that our feelings are resistant to our own will. We want to do something, but we can't do it. I want to do this, but I can't seem to do it. What's wrong with me? Our thoughts control our feelings. Your thoughts get distorted, and before you know it, you start thinking weird. Just like I said earlier, it's just like watching a program you don't like. All you have to do is change the channel, change the radio station, or whatever you might be watching that on, whatever platform, just shut it down. But instead, we entertain it over and over and over, and it changes the way we think. And before you know it, we can't seem to get it together, and we can't seem to understand why our feelings are so distorted. Yet you see the psalmist in Psalm 42, verse 6 say, My God, now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. He's saying, Man, God, I'm broken, I'm hurting, I'm... I'm really discouraged right now, but I'm going to remember you. I'm going to look back and remember everything you've done for me. I'm going to look back and remember everything you've transformed me from. I'm going to remember everything that you've pulled me out of. In the book of Jonah, chapter 2, verse 7, Jonah says, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. He's saying, God, all I know is I felt like my life is just slipping away. I felt like everything was going wrong. Everything was, 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 I was losing it all. 
But I had to remember you. And when I remembered you, man, I went into the temple. I went to pray. I went to praise. I went to just connect with you because I knew that my thinking was distorted and my feelings were all messed up. Because let me tell you something. How you think is going to determine how you feel. And how you feel is going to determine your actions. And so you need to stay on top of that, and you need to regroup, and you need to say, God, I need to have the healthy thinking because my feelings are really distorted right now. And because my feelings are distorted, I am really thinking really dumb things, and now I'm doing dumb things because I really feel bad. I don't feel it. I feel broken. And we need transformation. And it brings me to the fourth thing I think we need to do if we're really going to make positive changes in our thinking, and that is we need to realize that every behavior is based on a belief. Every behavior is based on a belief. Let me, let me explain that. In other words, how you think is now how you feel. And how I feel, I, I'm going to believe this. And because I believe this to be true, and because I'm believing this, now I'm going to react a certain way on what I believe, even if it's not true. In other words, someone could gossip to you, and they could say, you know what they said about you? And now, because of what was said, your behavior is going to be based on what you choose to believe of what they told you. And you've got to discard that. Like if you feel, if you watch the news or you're watching a movie and you got somewhat alarmed and scared, now your behavior is going to be fearful. You're going to be, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm afraid. Lock the doors. Watch out. The dog's barking. What's he barking at? Oh my gosh, look outside. Go get the gun. Protect us. And you think I'm joking. People really get totally crazy because their feelings are all distorted and now it's changing the way they behave in the book of Haggai chapter 1 verse 5 it says this is what the Lord of heaven's army says he says look at what is happening to you that would look it literally means think carefully of what is happening to you I want you to process it I want you to think it I want you to really make sure it's true or not So when something sets you off, when something happens in your life, when you start thinking really weird and you start getting all weird and your feelings are weird and you start behaving weird, what you need to do is stop and you need to ask, why, what right now am I believing? What am I believing? What am I believing that it set me off? What did I just believe that might not even be true, but I'm responding as it is? Help me, God. Help me. i got to pull it together. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 15, he says, only simpletons, in another version, it says, only fools believe everything they're told. The prudent carefully consider their steps. So you need to say, why did this bug me so much? Why did it set me off? What's wrong with me? Why am I getting all weird? You might think everyone's talking about you. So now uh, it's like the, the lady that thought everyone was talking about her. And the husband goes, oh, my gosh, hon, calm down. Come on, let's just go. I'm going to take you to a football game. And when they got in the huddle, she goes, see, they're talking about me. <laughs> it's like, 
Don't overplay it. So ask yourself, what am I believing right now? What triggered me? What bugged me that it set me off? And it brings me to the fifth thing I want to say is that anytime we sin, at that moment, we're believing a lie. You're believing a lie. Every time you sin, you're believing a lie that you decided to do and you fell into temptation and you ended up sinning because the devil convinced you whatever you ended up doing was going to be good. But it's not. It's destructive. Some woman flirts with you and then you flirt back and then she flirts and now you flirt and you guys are flirting and man, you're going, man... I haven't felt this way a long time. God, my husband doesn't make me feel this way anymore. My wife doesn't make you feel this way anymore. Well, you're flirting and you're married, so you're hiding, so the adrenaline's going, and of course you feel all, ooey, ooey, yeah, you're feeling ooey, kukui, don't let me get caught. That isn't a feeling of, of butterflies. That's a feeling of sin that you're wrestling with and you're starting to believe the lie that if you run off with him, your life's going to be better. Guess what? He snores too. She's not as perfect as she looks. The devil messes with our head. Even media, the music. Some of you are old enough to remember this song. And it wasn't that long ago, but some of you are young and you might not have ever heard it. Ricky, Ricky, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind. Oh, Ricky, oh, Ricky, Susie, Susie, you, you remember that song? Come back to church, come back to church. But even the music, it starts changing your mind, and you're there going around, and you're going, ooh, she's so fine, she blows my mind. He's so fine, she blows my mind. That's a life in the pit of hell. Quit thinking that nonsense. You're a married man, or you're a committed man, or you're a committed woman. You're engaged. You said you guys were committed to each other, yet you're committed to be looking around. What's wrong with that? The devil says, oh, it's not going to hurt you. Oh, my gosh, it's not going to hurt anyone. Everyone's doing it. Like, if it's going to be that bad. Oh, my God, if you just take a hit, it's going to relax you. Just take a little fentanyl. It's going to relax you. Get rid of that garbage. Oh, just, just, just gamble a little. It's going to relax you. Just lie and gossip. It's going to relax you. Just mess with me. The devil lies to us, and when we believe a lie, boom, we fall into sin. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. James, the apostle, tells us in James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, temptation comes from our own desires. So you have these desires, and the devil pulls those desires, and he hooks you and baits you with your own desires, which entice you and drag you away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. You're cooked. You're fried. It messes you up. Satan is the father of lies. He's a liar. 
He wants to destroy you. He wants to annihilate you. He wants to lead you to death. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy anything he can. But we can control our temptations. We can control our thoughts. What lie are you believing? What lie are you believing when you keep yielding to the temptation? What lie is he convincing you of that it's going to be okay and it's going to be all right, but it's going to mess you up? And to bring the next thing I want to say, that if we're really going to make positive changes in our thinking, we have to understand that an unseen war is going on and for our mind. There's an unseen war going on for our mind and in our mind. It's the craziness. And this war is trying to control your mind. It's trying to control the way you think. It's trying to control you. And it does control us because we end up doing really dumb things that we know are wrong. Maybe you've heard the story of the hiker. And he's hiking and he's in snow-capped mountains. But it was the summer, but they were so high, there's snow up there. And and he's going back down. He had reached the the summit and he's on his way back down and there's snow and ice and he's all bundled up and he sees a snake and he jumps back and the snake says please sir please take me down to the valley where it's warm he goes no way you're a snake you're gonna bite me and i'll die he goes sir i'm not gonna bite you and so you'll die because if i bite you then you're gonna die and i'll die too i'll freeze to death please sir Give me a ride down as you hike down. So he says, okay. So he reaches down and gets a snake, and he throws it in his backpack. The snake's there whispering in his ear. Gosh, thank you so much. I was, I was freezing. I was about to die, and wow. That's getting warmer as it's going down, and now they see the valley, and it's all green, and he takes off his big, heavy coat, and when they're finally there, the man reaches back to get the snake and let him go. And when he reaches back, the snake bit him. He said, hey, man, why'd you bite me? He goes, because I'm a snake. And you knew what I was when you picked me up. That'll preach, people. You and I are picking up snakes. We know it's wrong, but there we are picking it up. This won't hurt me. This isn't going to hurt anyone. This isn't wrong. This isn't bad. And you're messing up your life because you're picking up snakes. What kind of snakes are you picking up? What kind of temptation are you inviting in? What kind of things are you picking up that are going to bite you and really mess you up? It's going to mess up your marriage. It's going to mess up your relationship with your children or your parents. It's going to mess up your finances. It might get you fired. It might get you into a mess. All because you're picking up snakes. You're picking up things that you have no business picking up. And we have to understand that we've got to release them. We keep doing some of the dumbest things. Paul addressed this in Romans chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. He says, I have discovered this principle of life. He says that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. He says, I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. 
See, those things lurking inside of you, those desires that Satan uses to lure, lure, lure you away, those desires that he entices you with to drag you away from where you're supposed to be, and he tempts you, and he tempts you, and he tempts you with your own desires that is still deep within you. So it's so important that we stay away from that. It's so important that we change the way we think. And it brings me to number seven. To win the battle in and for our mind, we have to have God's spirit and God's word. God's spirit and his word. We have to understand that. Look, we have to understand what the scripture says about the battle going on in our mind. Look what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse five, uh, 3 through 5. He says, we're human. He goes, but we don't wage war as humans do. He goes, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. He's saying, don't you get it? We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So he's saying, we have these thoughts that are rebellious. We have these thoughts that fight against God and even what we want to do. And we think of something and the devil tempts us. And before you know it, you start thinking about that. And the devil says, I, the, the Lord says, no, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. And you go, yeah, no, I, I better not do that. I better not do that. And there you are doing it. And you're like, oh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you is that there's rebellion inside of us, rebellion that goes against what God wants and even what we want. And the only way to conquer that is to have the Holy Spirit in your life. Because let me tell you something, the devil and all his demons are a lot stronger than all of us put together. But when we have Jesus Christ and we have the spirit of the living God, greater is he who is in us than he's in the world. And you know what, you lying devil? You got to go back to hell where you belong because my God reigns. We sang about it right now. How great is our God? Our God is great. He has no rival. He has no competition. He has nothing because our God is supreme. And we have to understand that. And we need the Holy Spirit. The Bible says if you don't have the Spirit of God, just ask and it'll be given. And some doctrines teach, well, you have to speak in tongues. That's the only way we know you have the Holy Spirit. And that I don't believe that to be true because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives tongues to some and not to others. And he gives interpretation to some and not to others. And on and on and on and on. I believe that the way you see that you truly are a spirit-filled man is you live out the fruit of the spirit, which is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you're manifesting this, they see the power of God and the spirit of God living within you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. When you let your craziness control you, it's going to lead to death. But letting the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, 
control your mind leads to life and peace. So we need the Spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit. But not only do we need the Holy Spirit, we need the Word of God within us. The Word of God, I, I, I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, Lord. I, I, I've got to make sure I have the Word of God. I've got to make sure I take it in. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, Jesus said to the disciples who believed in him, he's talking to those that have received him and believe him and are following him and are adhering to his word and are holding on to his word. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Oh, a lot of people know that verse. Even non-Christians say, the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. You know what? That is very true. But there's no freedom without truth. And there's no truth without God. So if you don't have God, you don't have truth. And if you don't have truth, you don't have freedom. And that's why there's so many people in bondage. Because they can't seem to get it. They can't seem to understand it. They can't seem to wrap their hands around it. That they need the Holy Spirit of God to have victory and the Word of God to stay strong to continue to have victory. And it's important that we take that in. And that brings me to the next thing I want to say. The eighth thing is our goal should be to learn to think like Jesus. We should learn to think like Jesus. Jesus had and has a clear and healthy thinking life. Jesus was never confused. Jesus wasn't distorted. Jesus, the minute Satan tempted Jesus when he was in the wilderness, he goes, come on, man, go ahead and turn this rock into bread. You're hungry. And Jesus considered it, and he said, no, man should not live by just bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's the word that's going to sustain me. Jesus had to process it. He had to evaluate it. When he was in the garden, he's like, I don't want to die. Those are my feelings. God, my feelings are, oh, I'm, I'm, the devil's telling me you're going to die. You're going to be tortured. You're going to, it's going to be brutal. And Jesus, for that split second, said, no, Lord, I don't want to die. Let this let this pass from me. And then he said, wait, what am I thinking? Not my will, but your will be done. See, he had to reshape his thinking. He had to redirect his thinking. He had to make sure his thinking hadn't affected his feelings in a negative way, which it had. So he had to redirect his thinking and say, not my will, but your will, Lord. I am here to do the will of my Father who sent me. And it's important that we do that. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1, he says, so then, since Christ suffered physical pain, he goes, you must arm yourself with the same attitude, the same thinking, the same attitude Jesus had. You need to change your thinking like Jesus and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. In other words, when you're will, at that point where you literally are willing to suffer for Christ, you've conquered your destructive thinking. You're saying, God, I'm going to do your will. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, Paul writes, you must have the same attitude, the same mind and thoughts that Christ Jesus had. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, Paul says, well, who can know 
the Lord's thoughts. He says, who knows enough to teach him? Well, nobody. But he says, but we understand these things because we have the mind of Christ. See, because we have the mind of Christ, I can understand the understandable. Because I have the mind of Christ, I can understand the mysteries that are in the Bible. Because I have the mind of Christ, I can work through my feelings because I know that a lot of times my feelings are distorted thoughts that turn into action. So he's saying, I need to understand and learn the mind of Christ to think like him, to really be able to do things the way he did. And then the ninth thing and the final thing is we need to change our thoughts. We need to change the thoughts of our life to match how Jesus thinks. And that's called repentance. When we change our thoughts to match up with what Jesus thinks, that's repentance. Because you're now turning away from what you think is right to what he knows is right. And you're saying, I'm not going to embrace that anymore. I'm going to repent. But repent has become like this bad word. It's become like a painful word. Repent. Turn or burn. Flip or flop. It's like, man, it's scary. Man, not the repentance that God leads you to. He says, come here. I'm holding my arms wide open. I love you. I'm embracing you. I'm welcoming you. I'm taking you in. Oh, you messed up, but I love you, and I'm so glad you're coming to me. We have a church that we planted named Metanoia. Do you know what Metanoia means? Meta means to change. Noia means your mind. So metanoia means repentance, to change your mind, to change your thinking, to change your thoughts. Repentance is changing your mind, your thoughts, and your actions. It's a lifestyle of changing the way you live and thinking and your actions. You start living completely different. So when someone says metanoia, they're saying change your mind. Change it to God. Change it from the destruction you think to the life that he gives. You're saying, I want to change. When you repent, you're saying, I want to change. In the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 19, he says, now, repent of your sins. Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. In the Amplified Bible, I like this version in the Amplified. It says, repent, which means change your mind and return back to God so that your sins may be erased, blotted out, and wiped clean. So that times of refreshing means in recovering and reviving may come from the presence of the Lord. Who doesn't want to be refreshed, recovered, and revived? That's what he's offering you when you repent. That's what he's offering you when you turn away from your sin. That's what he's offering you when you finally give up your will and and adhere to his. He's saying, change the way you think. Your thinking is so destructive. Your thinking is constantly tearing yourself down. God doesn't call you by your sin. The devil does. 
Jesus called you by what you can become. He says, hey, man of God. And you're like, sure, I'm not a man of God. Well, I can make you a man of God because I see you as a man of God. I want you to become a man of God, and you will be a man of God, and you will walk away from your old destructive nature. And he also says that to women. But he doesn't say man of God. He says, hey, woman of God. And you go, woman of God. Yeah, right. I'm not a woman of God. Yes, you are in my eyes because that's what I want to make you. I want you to leave your old destructive nature. I want you to turn away from that. And I want to give you a promise that you will be transformed by the love of my God. I want to give that to you. See, he's trying to restore us. He's trying to make us new. He's trying to change the way we think. And we resist that because in our life we want to change, but we don't let it start here. You have to purpose in your spirit. You have to purpose in your mind. You have to tell yourself, I want to change. I want to change. I no longer want to be here. I no longer want to do this. I no longer want to continue to live this way. So you're purposing in your spirit. You're purposing. You're telling your mind, we are going to change. And when that begins, you start a new process of processing things. You have a process of looking at life completely different and changing the way you function. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 2, John the Revelator is writing what the Lord tells him. And he's addressing the church of Ephesus. And he says to them, oh, I know all the things you do. He goes, I know what you guys do. I've seen your hard work. Man, you guys are hard workers. And your patient endurance, golly, you put up with a lot. And I know that you don't tolerate evil people. You stand your ground and you speak up. You have examined the claims of those who say that they're apostles, but they're not. You really hold them to to the key. And he says, and you discovered that they're liars. So he's exhorting the church. He's saying, right on, you guys rock. But then jump to verse 4 and 5. He says, but... He goes, you're all these amazing things, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. You don't love me anymore. You lost your first love. Verse 5, look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me. Do the, world, do the works you did at first. If you don't repent... I will come and remove my lampstand from its place among the churches. So he's saying, if you want to restore any relationship, first and foremost with God, but even with your husband or wife or father or mother or brother or sister, you want to restore a relationship of a boyfriend, a girlfriend or whatever, he's saying, remember how it used to be. Don't you remember when you fell in love with Jesus? Don't you remember when you gave him your life? You couldn't let go of your Bible. You'd walk around every place with your Bible. Oh, my gosh, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. What does he say about that? Oh, yes, I love the Lord. Oh, what does he say about that? And you had your Bible with you at all times. And now we have Bible apps, and that's fine. We have all kinds of versions of the Bible that we get to carry with us. But you need to spend time with him. Spend time. 
Remember what you once had. Remember what you once had. If you want to heal a relationship, either with your husband or wife or brother or sister or whatever, remember what you once had. Remember when you first fell in love? Oh, babe, I love you, I love you, I love you. I know I just called you, babe. I just had to hear your voice again. Okay, okay, I love you. I love you too. I love you more. Click. And then all of a sudden you get a text. No, you don't. I love you more. I love you. I love you too. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you. Now they call you. Ay, como fregas. What do you want now? I just talked to you five seconds ago. Oh my gosh. Text, text, text. Ay, quit texting me. Man, remember what you had. Go back to that. Remember your first love. God, I love you. I love you. I love you. Husband or wife, I love you, I love you, I love you. Son or daughter, I love you, love you, love you. Best friend, I love you, love you, love you. Restore what the devil has tried to rip apart. And then he says, repent. Turn away from it. Quit doing that. Say, man, I, 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 I just messed up. I'm, I'm remembering where I was. I'm going to go back to what I used to do. I'm going to quit doing what I'm doing, and I'm going to go back to what I used to do because, man, I was madly in love back in those days. I was madly in love with God, with my husband, with my wife, with my son or daughter, father, mother, brother, sister. It was amazing. So I'm going to repent. I'm going to change the way I think. And then he says, return. Return to me. He's saying, come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to me. I want you to return. I want you to get it together. I want you to be back with me. Understand that. I want us to share this moment. So share it. Return. Some of you have never even made that decision. You've never made a decision to serve Jesus Christ. And today you could do that. So if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to do that today, raise your hand. Say, you know what, Pastor? That's me. I want to do that. Is there anyone here today? Well, then I want to say praise God. Let's pray for us then. I don't know where you might be. I don't know if you have really destructive thinking. I don't know if you have that stinking thinking. And you're tore up from the floor up and you need a check up from the neck up. And say, God, I really need to redo this. Because I am really lost. I am really broken. And if you need to just pray to renew your mind. Or you've got someone in the family that needs to renew theirs. Or maybe you're just going through something else, but you really want prayer. I encourage you to come up because we have people that are going to pray with you and stand in agreement and believe that God's going to turn your situation around. So feel free to come up and feel free to kneel down and say, you know what? I, I really, I've got to change the way I think. I've got to make some positive changes in my life and in the way I think. Or maybe just something else. Whatever you might be going through, feel free to make your way up. And prayer team, make your way up to pray with them. Stand in the gap with them. Come and just lay hands on them and encourage them with what they might be going through. Encourage them and say, I'm going to help them. Keep making your way up. There's plenty of room. Keep making your way up. And just tell them, would you pray for my family, for me? Whatever it is, you need prayer over. And just ask God to minister. Sing it out with us, would you? 
Would you stand with us and sing it out and say, thank you, Lord?